0: on air is live whenever you're ready Tom narwhals go back oh just okay go back to the Canadian Labatt Blue Hovel
1: you crawled out of I will I'll enjoy it back in the day when people used cassettes there was an A side and a B side now aside from the homage to Tom's age we got into yet another good discussion which was completely unrelated to the topic at hand imagine that So much so that we decided to turn it into another B-side. Enjoy this additional content, and keep an eye
2: out for our next episode. Cheers! Alright guys, I've got some coronavirus news for you. Uh, Did you hear that Chuck Norris came into contact with coronavirus? Coronavirus is now in quarantine for 14 days. Yeah!
1: Hey, whatever happened to COVID numbers 1 through 18? Should yeah, we be what, worried about them because we're true. at COVID 19? So, what is going on? When's 20 coming? That's what I ah, want to know. It's the end of the world as we know it. Oh, man. And I feel fine. But do you, Gabe? Because there's a lot of chaos
2: going on right now. That is so, the truth. And turmoil. So, my, my wife showed me something that I thought was pretty funny. Someone had, it was some meme that was saying, Does anybody, has anybody sat back and realized that this is like, something that a fourth grader wrote. Like, um, there was this virus and everybody was getting it and then we ran out of toilet paper and then, you know, we didn't have school for 3 months. Like, and then it snowed. Yeah, yeah. and then it snowed. Yeah. Yeah, it is seriously
0: the like the fiction of a fourth grader that we're living in right now.
2: It it is it is actually the the fiction of like some of the books that I was telling my brother, like I like to read these international thrillers and whatnot, where there's always some bad guy who like is trying to unleash some disease on the world. And I was like, this is like this thing that like someone wants to disrupt the markets and not kill a lot of people, but some people and, but like no children. And I don't understand that at all. Right. But speaking of the deaths of
1: children, how many parents out there on day three of quarantine wanna off their own kids <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that that actually sounded too real and too dark But I did, did see really I worked. did see this amazing video today. I think I sent it to you guys too of like a little girl the 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 title was like Day 3 of Quarantine and she's just sitting on the floor next to her brother screaming and crying and picks up a Nerf gun and then accidentally shoots herself in the face with a Nerf dart. <laughs> I'm like, I get you girl. I said I am right there with
2: you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw one that said, you know, I've been home three days with my kids. Teachers should now be making $8 billion a year. Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever they want.
0: I mean, that is one of those things, right? I suppose we hope comes out of this is like teachers get paid more. Like, like I don't know. Yeah. We're all for that, I assume. Um, Like, yes.
1: And, and I mean, don't get us wrong.
0: To me. And don't get us wrong. This is, I mean, we are all
1: genuinely concerned about this, like coronavirus, COVID-19, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this is a legit thing. And for the three yeah. of us, we take it yeah. really seriously. Like Gabe and I have an inconstant conversation about just how do we function as pastors? You know, what are the the very real and serious ways we need to move forward as the church, um, make decisions from organizational perspectives and all these kinds of things. I mean, Tom, you're working from home now. So it's like, mm-hmm. th- this is a legit thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're making light of it, but honestly, we certainly, of course, encourage maintain your social distances uh, at the moment. Be smart about stuff. We want to care for people. We want to love our neighbors. Uh, and in fact, I suppose that leads to a, a discussion, you know, we've been having offline and we thought maybe we'd invite you into it is like, man, like, how do we do that well? And, and like, you know, obviously, Josh and I, both as pastors are trying to navigate that. Uh, I came up with this great joke everyone made fun of me when I did an independent study on pastoring in a pandemic in seminary. Well, who's laughing now? (laughs) Uh 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 Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, You know, but there is that, that, that tension I think we face like I, because, and, and honestly, I suppose the reason we made light of it on the front end here is this is like, I don't know how you guys feel. And I don't know if you guys want me to go this direction, but IDK or IDC, I don't care uh is uh what is id oh because you don't know idk is i don't know idc is probably more appropriate how apropos so the the one is i don't care like i get really sick of people telling me what to do and telling me dumb things that i already know like i don't need the girl i went to high school with like posting on instagram 800 times to tell me to wash my hands like i just don't like i don't i don't need her to tell me i already know already know like it's absolutely drive me bonkers how preachy people get. And I say that as a professional preacher, it's driving me nuts how preachy people get like, just shut up. We're adults. But then at the same time, a lot of people are idiots and maybe need to be reminded 800 times to wash their hands. We are talking
1: to you, Florida and South Padre Island, Texas. Just stop.
0: Just stop. Get together. Get together, folks. Put some clothes on,
1: put the booze away and head back
0: to your homes. Don't yeah. you know? Talk to your mother. She loves yeah. you. She gave birth to you. You
2: yeah. know? It, it but, is interesting to me, though. The, you know, all the different things that are going on. Like, the measures that people are taking that make zero sense. The measures that people aren't taking that should make a lot of sense. Should they yes. do? Some, you know, it. it is. Like, it seems obvious, right? Like, it's like, you don't need... 154 rolls of toilet
0: paper right now so quit being a jerk right. and you should not pretend like this is nothing and you should just press on and do life however you want to like yep. there's the obvious line that says like hey obviously get the amount of toilet paper you need and hold up for a little bit like so why? i, is- I just think like that's clear so then
1: why is the decision so difficult, especially for churches, I feel like, because you and I, Gabe, have been talking a lot about this, is like this cacophony of uncertainty, confusion, desire to do the right thing. What does that look like? What does it mean? How do we pull it off? Like within the realm, at least of, of younger pastors and, and maybe some church planters or whatever, but like that's sort of the rub, like how many of our congregations are are still open. How many people are saying, well, we're all independent so we can do whatever we want. I mean, even here in Chattanooga, two of our biggest, most reputable churches essentially put out a press release being like, well, well, God is bigger than this. We're going to continue to meet because the rest of it is foolishness. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, science and doctors, like I like to be considered a professional when I'm preaching. I don't know about you, Gabe. Like I want people to just I trust do. that I actually have done the work. I have the degree and I care. So like I'd like to offer the same thing to medical professionals. And if they're saying, "Hey, we're not going to stop this unless you keep your distance." Then why would you just like fly the finger and and just like shout in the face of these professionals and be like, "Yeah, you know what? We're just going to do our own thing because God is on our side." Does that not undermine our public witness as the church?
0: Well, I think to me, like, there's a couple of interesting things there. like, I certainly disagree with what they did. I mean, both Josh and I have suspended in-person worship right now. We're doing online stuff. And uh, as I don't know, most churches are doing um, it's the worst, by the way, but I think what's that I said, it's the worst, by the way, it is the worst, it, perhaps more on that later. But, but um, like, so take these, these two mega churches in, in chat who did this dumb thing, like, you know it comes down to a different i i think there may be a pro like their logic is is sort of built out of a a a false dichotomy um in which it's like either it's faith or it's science and we believe in faith and i think you know for dudes like ourselves the three of us we're kind of like yeah like science and logic and reason actually fits pretty well within the realm of faith. And so we're going to, we're going to trust these sorts of things. And then on top of it though, what bums me out most about say the two guys or two churches you gave an example of, I'm assuming they're led by two dudes. um, Is that like, it's a failure to love your neighbor. I mean, that's been our language at my church, probably at yours as well. Josh probably at yours as well, Tom of like, we aren't meeting together, not because like, we don't believe God cares about us or that he wouldn't protect us or whatever. We're doing it because Jesus told us that the greatest commandment, uh, second to loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the best way we can love our neighbors as ourselves is to not be near each other right now so that we don't get each other sick and kill off a bunch Mm -hmm. of people who are vulnerable. So like me, it's like for the sake of preserving my neighbor's life uh, and in particular my vulnerable neighbor, who Jesus seems to be very concerned with the vulnerable, um, we should not get together in person. Like, and, and so to ignore that direct command of Jesus for the sake of some sort of abstract faith claim is really dumb to me and disappointing. But not
1: even an abstract faith claim. How many conversations have we've seen recently that's like, but wait a second, we spent all this money on marketing for Easter and we're not, there's potential we might not have in-person Easter worship. To me, then it's like, it's, it's this temptation of idolatry, uh, in a sense, right. right? Of like, to your point, we are to love our neighbor and yes, we're to love God. And we are sure as hell going to celebrate the resurrection in whatever way we can.
2: But if it, I know you caught that too, right?
1: Yeah. There was a lot of. You did say
0: sure as hell, celebrate the resurrection. Oh, okay, uh, yeah,
1: because as sure as Jesus descended into hell and on the third day was right. Ra- Wait a second. That's
0: too creative that, for you. That's the Apostles' Creed, right?
1: Oh, there, the buddy. Apostles' Creed. No, but I mean, like, for real, right? We're, we're going to celebrate the resurrection. But if if we're then willing to sort of, like, undermine. Is that a Sorry, for a second, out of the corner of my eye, I was like, did Gabe just all of a sudden start smoking a hookah? But it's like, is that a CrossFit thing?
2: What is that?
0: yeah it's like a massage roller for your when your muscles get like tight you like roll it on your legs and it works them out
2: wow carry this is on great radio guys such yeah, great on,
0: radio. On.
1: <laughs> tom you'll get that reference Gabe. you got know. it thank you dan levitard our most recent sponsor from espn and the disney family since there's no sports to talk about you guys can tune into pint Class preachers. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's like, at what point then do we really, if we are going to love God and love our neighbor, even strip away those things that we have set up for ourselves as metrics of success, yeah. metrics of involvement, metrics of, you know, engagement and, and carrying out the the mission of God, essentially.
0: Yeah. I mean, and two points to that. Like one is like, uh, to me, what a failure of, of vision To not realize like, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, like this past Sunday. So we're recording what day is today on March 19th. So this past Sunday, the gospel was proclaimed online more in America than it ever has been in the history of the world. Um, And so and perhaps proclaimed online more in the entire world than it has been in the history of the world. And that's only going to increase this Sunday and the Sunday following that. And so in some ways the reach of the global church is, is amplified by this. And so anyone who's worried about their own little kingdoms and their own little, like, well, we spent a bunch of money on marketing. We Like what a, what a short sighted way of seeing the opportunity in this. Um, but then secondly, like what a, I, I don't know, man, like what a selfish way. Like who cares, man? Like, like, what's this ultimately about? Is it about boosting your attendance numbers and feeling good about yourself? Or is it about the work of the kingdom? And to me, it's like, dude, it's a no brainer. Like you do the work of the kingdom. Who cares about your own little attendance numbers?
2: Well, I also think it's kind of interesting. And I, I'm not saying that we should not do this. I just think it's interesting that, that a, a main focus for the church right now is is how do we get worship going online or whatnot? Like, does, should that be, or does that have to be the main focus right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. So like that, and that's Josh and I have texted a lot about this and it's like, on the one hand, worship is central to the Christian church. It has been for centuries. And like, there's been all these weird little movements that are like, Oh, well, we'll just be our own little small house church, whatever. And like, fine. I don't care that much. Do your thing. But like, for the most part, Christians have gathered around God's word being proclaimed and gathered around the sacraments being administered. And so to me, it's like, this is a, it's a big deal to figure out how worship works. And to kind of perhaps your point though, Tom, that's not everything. I don't know if that was your point, but like, it isn't everything. It is important. uh, We do need to figure it out. Absolutely, It's also not everything that it is to be the church.
2: Absolutely. And like I said, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing that. I'm just saying like you just said it the church has been worshipping for centuries and centuries right yeah it's okay if we miss two or three sundays
1: <laughs> you know like, well okay so like the church th- isn't going to fall apart okay that's <laughs> absolutely true two things a comment and a question first the comment as Gabe and I were having these conversations so like I would say that that a, a difference between Bridge City and ULC or or some others is like we, we sort Bridge
0: of... City is Josh's church, ULC is mine. Carry oh, on. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely correct. Bridge City Community Church in Chattanooga, ULC in Ann Arbor. Um, Gabe and Josh, respectively, or
0: Josh and Gabe, yeah, respectively. Nailed it.
1: Okay, whatever. Anyway, but like, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, we are much more familial because we're small. So, in the sense that, like, I think at the heart of worship for us is people show up because they feel welcomed in this family environment, not because of production value. And that's not to knock or to say that Gabe, you guys over oversized right. production. Right. Yeah. And so to me, the the struggle for me was like, dude, are they even going to want to engage online? Because it's just not the same vibe as what Bridge yeah. city is all about. Right. So then right. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to literally send a text out to every major family and or individual that's there on a regular basis and ask them, do you want to do something at your house slash cancel? Do you want to do a live stream thing? Would you like to have some kind of recorded thing? And Oh, Oh my gosh. 95% of the respondents were like, no, we want some kind of like live stream slash interactive recorded experience. And yeah. that quite honestly caught me by surprise. Cause I was like, wait a second. That doesn't, that's not who we are. Like, we do this in person, and like it would just seem trite to do it outside of that. And yet, this is exactly what people are wanting. They're still wanting that family. They're still wanting that community, despite the ability to meet in person. So, my question is this: As Lutherans, just like Gabe said, the primary task of worship is to preach the word and to administer the sacraments, right? So, what about then the 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 tension that exists between love for neighbor? and administration of the sacraments when we know that the primary cause of transmission is touch and
2: but, like yeah, physical okay. items. You know what I'm saying? But that's where I'll go back to my point of like, you can go a month, you could go two months without the sacraments. And I understand that that is a vital part, but right now a vital part of our culture and our society is staying home. Like that, that is what needs to be done. And so we like, I am fully prepared that I am not going to receive the sacrament for at least a month or two. Clearly you don't know?
1: believe in the efficacy of the body and blood of Christ, Tom.
2: Yes. I that's, nailed him. But like, <laughs> but like <laughs> why not use why not use this time to rethink or to to do church differently, to to show up in a different way? Josh, you could be like, well. Never mind, Josh. You just said everyone wants a live stream, but maybe Josh or Gabe, your church doesn't necessarily want that or whatever. Like, hey, maybe you say, Hey, you know what? You've been listening to me a lot. I'm gonna point you to, if you want to listen to a sermon on Sunday, I'm gonna point you to my boy Josh, yeah. right? Here, here's where you can find I it on the website. Do that, hey, but go on. <laughs> although
1: although I'm gonna be watching Gabe because I don't want to watch myself and or, and or listen to myself say the petition of a prayer and then me in my own voice say Lord in your mercy. Lord in your mercy. Hear our prayer hear our prayer i'm gonna to talk to myself right. i'm gonna be like a schizo
2: but like you you could you could point people to other resources you could say hey right. we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this weird thing or you know what we're not gonna go to church we're gonna serve somehow even though we're all in our homes you know like well so
0: here's here's like 10 thoughts i have on that one is like that's been an option for a long time right like here's a fact matt chandler is a better preacher than i am those of you who don't know who i who he is. He's a big evangelical leader, preacher. He's a better preacher than I am. He's a better preacher than Josh is. So like I could be pointing people to him all day. Right. So there is something to be said for like, even in an online experience, it being your pastor, your church, your community. Right. Like there, there's something to that. I think,
2: I think Josh,
0: to your point about the sacrament, like frankly, I think that's just going to be boring to our listeners. You and I could talk about that ad nauseum later um deal which then leads me though then to tom bringing up this other piece though is like there is more to church than sunday morning so then the question to me is how do we as christians respond in the midst of covid and how do we respond how do we run towards our neighbors in love right i mean like the 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 kind of the classic image and and it's true historically is that as the plagues hit rome the christians ran in and administered to the sick that you know if i have to see this one more time, like Luther talks about caring for the sick and the poor in the midst of the black plague. Like, so So there's this precedent and a, a wonderful precedent of Christians entering into spaces that are dangerous and difficult for the sake of their sick neighbor. And and that's to say, what does that look like now? Because it's it's actually tricky. Like if I go to a hospital and be like, I'm here to serve the sick. That's like not helpful for anyone because I wouldn't know what I'm doing. Like, and it's just going to be bad. And you might and also so be I'm, transmitting COVID-19 to be a trans- sick people. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so it's to say, then actually, to me, then the question is to say, all right, how do I love my neighbor in the midst of this? And so one is to, I think, practice social distancing. The second thing is to support healthcare professionals. Uh, I mean, obviously pray for the sick and support healthcare professionals. So it's like, how do, and so for us as a church, I'll just like without tooting our own horns, like that's been a priority for us. Like we, you know, I'm at a university. So we have a large university medical center. We have a large amount of professional healthcare care uh, providers. And so like we are in contact with them, praying with them, asking about needs, saying, what can we do to support you as you're like putting your life on the line to protect so many people? Uh, and so I think that's like step one. You know, and then there's like the economic impacts and the school closings. And so some of the other stuff for us, and again, it's not me tooting our own horn, but it's just saying like, we're trying to figure out how do we get kids who've been going to public schools and need that food, need the lunch there who aren't getting it at home. How do we get them lunch during the day? Uh, And so we're working with partners to make that happen. Uh, And then there's like the elderly who are most vulnerable to this particular disease. So for us, we've said, hey, we're going to call up every single one of our older congregants every single week. Uh, to check in, make sure they're okay. We have an entire team of people that's doing grocery runs for them, right? So -hmm. it's like, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like, we as churches, it's, it's like, you're right. It isn't just Sunday morning, though that super matters. But there's this other aspect of it where we need to be really responsive and thinking like, what does it look like for us to run towards the plague responsibly? But we need to run towards it. We can't just run away. We have to run towards it. We have to do it responsibly. Because then we're not helping anyone if we aren't if we're irresponsible. Yeah. So
1: I should cancel our staff retreat to the coast of Florida for next week. Is that what you're saying? Well, Gabe? I mean, I'm just saying, is that a priority right now? I mean, staff unity
0: and it's big, I mean, is big. big. Well, kind of important. So- You know, honestly, Josh, that has the other thing that, you know, we were talking about offline is like, so in theology, we talk about the revealed God and the hidden God, right? So the revealed God is who we see in scripture and in particular in the person of Jesus Christ. And so Josh and I as pastors and anyone who's worth their salt theologically only wants to speak about the revealed God. How has God specifically shown himself to be concretely? But then there's the hidden God. And so in moments like the coronavirus, we say like, God, what are you doing? Like, what is this about? Like, what, what are you, why is this happening? And a lot of people want to make much ado about that and say like, oh, he's doing this. He's doing that. He's doing that. Who knows? But something that seems obvious to me is that in some ways, this moment that God is using is stripping the church away from these frills. So like a staff retreat to Florida seems ludicrous right now. Whereas two months ago, I'd have been like, awesome, bro great self-care, you know, like whatever. And now it's like, that's a dumb idea. Uh, you should be caring about people in your community. Uh, and so in some ways it's like God is redirecting his church to that, which matters most.
1: Yeah, I think I, I agree to me. That's also a very sticky, it's a sticky conversation to have, which is wise. As you said, a theologian worth their salt Typically, doesn't dabble in the realm of the hidden God because we simply can't say for certain, right? In in the sermon I'm preaching this Sunday, I'm I, my angle for this week is just referencing COVID as just an affect of sin and death in the world, like yeah disease happens because sin is in the world and brings in death, right? So like, yep. I'm not even attributing it to God in a sense of like, what is he calling us to or leading us to or trying to teach us or show us? I'm just simply saying, this is just a fact of a broken and corrupt creation, right? Uh, but that's not to say that there's no truth in what you said, Gabe. That's not to say that what I'm saying is yep. even hundred percent true. It's to say you got to be really careful in how you talk about this, particularly in attribution to to God and his activities in the world. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't excuse us then to respond as God's body, as the body of Christ in the community to our neighbors, whatever that context looks like. You know what I mean? And for you being so close to, I mean, in a university city, like that is a prime opportunity to be the visible church. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that that's what, what, right. what we would all say, like this is, for all the pitfalls that can happen with the church saying, Oh, Hey, look at us. We're doing such great things. Or, Oh, you know what? It's going to screw us up more than anyone else. Like this is also an opportune time for the church to actually be the church and to be yeah. the body of Christ and to be yeah. reaching out and saying, how can we love our neighbors? How can we run into the plague? How can we serve those who are going to be affected by this and don't have the same resources as us? Cause that's what we've historically done. And I think that's yeah. what we need to do. And so like, honestly, whatever, and whatever that looks like in whatever your context is of being the body of Christ, like get to it because we don't want these situations to arise. We don't want these quote unquote opportunities to present themselves, but we also can't afford to ignore them, run away from them, neglect them, or just turn our backs on them.
0: That's right. Yep. That's good. That's good. I think it's a good place to end. Uh, I mean, as usual, Pine Glass Preachers ends with Josh's wisdom. I like. I don't know how many episodes in we are, but Hashtag it always 19 with, with, with Josh's brilliance just being laid out upon us. So thanks, I mean, Bubba. Wow, well, thanks. Yeah. By the way, I've started saying Bubba more lately. Why? Uh, That's so weird. I know it's weird. It comes from this guy I follow on Twitter who we're going to get on here soon. Um, but uh, it's like... What I like about it is it's both endearing and demeaning at the same time. (laughs) It's also
1: just weirdly and acutely Southern considering you live in Michigan.
0: Well, it's true, but I did live in Texas for five years. So, Hey, fun fact,
1: uh, the Costco I frequent in Georgia, there was a guy very early on in my time here who would always refer to everyone as boss. It's like oh hey boss how you doing boss thanks boss and so then i found myself saying that to people in public like i'd go to the grocery store and they the cashier and be like oh thanks boss and i'm like ah this actually is really really weird i'm gonna stop so i'm gonna encourage you gabe in not necessarily in spite of this pandemic but just as a general sense of good living to refrain from using the term bubba from here on out
0: i'll do my best bubba i'll do my best thanks boss
2: Okay, chief. All right. PGP is out. Tom, the Bubba boss. The boss, Bubba. (laughs) Boss, baby. El Jefe. Um, Oh, snap. Okay. Cartel stuff, Tom.